welcome to episode four of From the Dugout. Today I'm joined by Cumbernauld United manager Kieran McInespie for an insight into junior football management. Kieran, thank you very much for joining me tonight. I know you're a, a busy man, so it's great to have you on. You're more than welcome. Thanks very much for asking me to come on. Well, I'll start by asking the question that I've asked all the managers before yourself that have come on. Who's the best? <laughs> well, we'll leave that for the end, shall we? <laughs> How has life and lockdown been treating you? You're a wee bit different in terms of you took your job during lockdown, which is different from the, the previous three guests that I've had on the podcast. You were appointed Cumbernauld Manager in April. How has lockdown been and how has the difficulties been in terms of not getting to formally introduce yourself in person to your players and your fellow staff members? Um, well, as you said, to, um, you mentioned there, it's been business as usual for me for, for work purposes um, in the fire service. So I, I took over in I kind of end of March, start of April. Um, and... The, the good thing for me was I was I was part of the squad and it was assistant manager at the time. So the, intro, the introduction to the players was already there because we kind of knew each other. Um, so that was fine, but it was more a case of just going out. I, I like to do things face-to-face, as most managers do anyway. Um, so it was, just, it was just pretty much phone calls, make decisions there and then. And thankfully, I, I inherited a very good squad. So there wasn't many, you know, negative changes. I had to make some players want to move on by their own accord, which I was fine with. Um, you know, everyone, everyone's got their own decisions based on, you know, developments within the club. So I was happy with that. that went on. It was just that the other part of it was the the recruitment side of things. You know, again, I like to speak to players face to face to get a good understanding where they're at. I'm all about body language and mindset and, you know, the, 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 the offset things from normal footballers. Um, like to see how they, you know, how they kind of portray themselves and you know what they're looking for, and it's difficult to get a a, a, re- a good reading of that over a phone. Um, so that was difficult, and not understandably try to get out and see teams play or train stuff like that. So it was you, you rely heavily on your contacts, um, as most of the guys would, would tell you. Um, but I think that's been the, the hardest part is really the the recruitment side of things. Um, bringing players in and, and, you know, getting a good understanding. Thankfully, the boys I brought in, I know most about anyway. Um, you know, bringing like Sir Colin McMahon in, Kevin Nicholl in, um, who are vastly experienced players at, you know, at both levels. Uh, junior, we'll call them kind of predominantly senior. Um, Kevin's got that um, advantage of playing both um, senior and junior, albeit Colm was a short period of time at junior with Hurlford, but just been able to bring players like that in just through, um, you know, my friendship connections and, you know, understanding them and then just obviously build build on that again using their connections as well. So it's been tough. It's been tough, I think, just the, the whole um, surreal environment this is bringing to us. It's, it's been very, very, very tough to, to very tough to move forward as a, as a, as a group because we still, you know, still can't, you know, get together. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to, you know, getting all the boys together um, to start getting ready for next season. And you mentioned that you were obviously in the role of assistant manager prior to being appointed as manager. 
mm-hmm. previous manager Andy Frame recommended you for the job and I saw an interview with you where you said that came as a bit of a shock but at the same time it must have come as a as a confidence boost and a real endorsement of your ability to step up to that role you had obviously had previous managerial experience at Clyde Bank but to get another chance in, in management and to get the, the recommendation from your uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It was it was massive because when I when I resigned from me and Andy, I've known Andy for years, and we always kind of kept in touch and you know contacts with players, available players, you know, just the usual manager stuff. And then when he, he phoned me after I resigned, just to you know kind of wish me well and stuff like that, and, and he kind of said, look, if you want to get back in about it, give us a shout. Um, we'd love to have you on board. I thought, thanks very much, I appreciate it. And then we'd maybe about six weeks, two months later, we'd been in contact again, and I, he, he looked, can you come in and help us? And I was like, yes, I agreed to it. But then, um, the it was just too much work for my wife with the kids at the time, so I was just like, look, I, I can't commit, I can't commit to the Saturdays and stuff. Um, it's just too much going on. And then that was probably about October time, maybe. Um, November time, and then his uh, his assistant left, or you know whatever had happened, and um, he moved on. So he phoned me again. So I was like, right, okay, <laughs> uh, let's have a chat. So I went in, liked everything. I'd already spoke initially, but I liked what he was trying to do. I knew the chairman anyway from previous a previous application myself, um, and. The setup there is, is phenomenal, and I knew I knew a good bunch of the boys that were there, so it was a no-brainer for me. Um, went and worked with them, excellent bunch of boys, very well established junior players, some senior play, ex senior players as well. Uh, and then uh, come January, the, the time where you know, he decided to go, I was like, right, okay, and, and I, this that particular time, I was like, cool, listen. Let's keep in touch and see what comes up. We're thinking, you know, if a job comes up, maybe work together again and and what have you. And you know, because there was no football, so it's not like I say, well, I'll take the team just now and whatever. It was just a case of right, cool. Uh, and then he said, look, I, I think you know, I highly recommend that you, you you put your name, you know, go in for it and, and speak to George, the chairman, about it. And I was like, and at that point, I was like, well, uh, uh, and it's not very often I'm speechless. Um, and I was like, eh, right, okay, um, well, let's see what George wants to do. He may want to go a fresh start, you know, totally different direction. Um, and there was a lot, a lot of applications for it, albeit it hadn't been put out to the public at this particular time. But, you know, we knew all of Rumblings who was applying, and, and there's a lot of very well-established junior managers that were about, you know, highly regarded, highly respected, and, you know, you know a lot of experience um, and a lot of success in them. And, they were, you know, they were spoken to, I think, and uh, considered. But, you know, for George to sit me down and ask me, you know, where I want to go and you know things I want to do, and and we kind of shared the same uh, ambition, same direction, you know, what he wants to do with the club, and was, you know, things I'd love to have done, and and things I'd love to have done at Clay Bank and started to do at Clay Bank and taking you know, forward, and you know. And Moff's doing it, the same thing, and, and you know, progressing the club as well. So, it's it was for George to to say, I let's, let's continue the work that 
you've been doing with the boys and take over Andy's reins. And I thought, you know, it was brilliant because at that point, again, I was I hadn't, no, I hadn't thought about getting back into the management side of things because it is full on. Um, you don't realise how, even at our level, because you want to constantly be in, in contact with what's going on and, and try to divvy that up with night shift, uh, kids, um, a wife. That You know, you, you want to make sure that everyone's trying to find that right balance. Um, and I think I've got it so far. Okay, I think it's just been lucky because of the situation we've all been in. Uh, I get to spend a lot of time at home. But um, I was delighted that George... It's you know the chairman had said, listen, yeah, let's let's do that, go with that, and you know as I said to you that to be one asked or, or recommended by Andy um, to go for it, you know recommended to George that I take it, um, and for George to give me it, considering you know who was who was applying and you know who was to put their name forward or put a note of interest in, and I'm delighted that we've we've got that we're in a good position now that we can start building for for the season coming and things are moving forward now in regards of training days and, you know, starting training games and stuff. So, and I've signed some very good players that I watch what to get them back in and have them get together and um, just start basically doing what footballs do, not the piss at each other and play football. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. Um, and I say, I'm, I'm, I'm part of another good club. Um, I say I was very lucky to get an opportunity to work at Clyde Bank. Um, and I'm again very privileged to get an opportunity to work at Cumbernauld, and, and hopefully we can, you know, I can bring a little bit of success um, to Cumbernauld as I did to to Clybank, and, and see how that how that lasts, how that goes. Yeah, it kind of feels that we're, we're almost at the amber light just now. We're just waiting for that to turn to green, and, and things can get back to the normal. We can get back to the competitive football across the leagues in in Scotland. Mm-hmm. The the shape of junior football looks very positive as well. The West Scotland League starting yeah. next season. It, it's an exciting time for the game. It, it's a real shame that that light isn't turning to green just now because everyone involved must be really excited about the, the positive changes that have been implemented. Yeah, I mean you can see you see now um, you know the, the, the ambition that some of the the, the West of Scotland clubs are are, are showing. Um, you know, to name like St. St. Caddox, uh, Darvo, um, Drumchapel, um, clubs to, to name those three who are, you know, they've, they've signed a lot of established senior players. Um, and the ambition they're showing is phenomenal. I speak to Mick Kennedy time to time. Um, and, you know, last time he spoke after the game, we, we played, um, he was telling me what he was trying to do, and then we'd spoke. Again, just a couple of months ago, and again, these ideas are are, are are brilliant. They're just so refreshing, and and it, what he wants to try and do. And the good thing is about what he what he wants to do. He's a, he's got he's got allowed to do it. His chairman matches his ambition. His chairman saying, right, what you want, and what you need, like let's go and do it. He sees what Mix put in place. He sees what Mix wants to to achieve. He wants to achieve something. You know, he's the Ayrshire club and they're competing with some big, big Ayrshire clubs. Um, and, you know, we know that the, the, the benchmark for the junior level has always been Auckland Lake Talbot, you know, in recent, recent times. Um, and, you know, you know, by all accounts, Mick was one to, you know, that was a benchmark to hit. But, he, you know, I only speak from what, you know, just 
his conversation, but he won't want to get he won't want to be Auchin like he won't be Darvo at a different level, a different dimension. And it's you know clubs like them and, and St Caddox and uh Drumchapel and maybe ourselves to a certain extent as well. We're bringing in, you know, ex senior players but, you know, to with a, with a freshness of, of a senior mentality, a, a professional mentality, it's a change in direction from the the, the in inverted commas stereotypical junior football. Um, the game's changing completely. It's been more continental influence from the very very top, and it's just seeping down slowly. Um, that people want to change formations, they want to change their tactics, want to change everything. Um, sometimes it's nicer to keep it nice and simple, you know. But um, I just think that. The game itself is completely changing. It's refreshing to see everything changing, developing. Clay Banks grounds developing. Davo have developed their training ground. There's edit the football pictures. We're developing our pavilion. Everyone's just increasing, improving. You know what, what we do? We have improved their, their their facilities as well. They've invested heavily into the off-field facilities, so everyone sees something different. And there's a change there. There's a, a massive, massive shift, and not just the game itself, but the organisation itself has completely changed. The shift has completely changed from old school junior mentality. Um, I think I don't need to say too much about the organisation itself. At, you know, at that level, I think it's been quite high. You know, you know, quite openly highlighted about you know the the the, the situations that have happened recently. Um, but now we fall under the west of Scotland, which is kind of pyramid, or you know. That kind of sifting down from the the lowland, you know, administered by the lowland league, so getting that higher level of professionalism, organisation, um, which is key because I remember coming to juniors five years ago, and the first thing I said to the boys when I signed for Coburnie is, a like, who do we play in the second? Of, who do we play start of December to organise a Christmas night out?" And the boys said, "This was July," and when the boys said, "We don't know who we're playing to start of September yet, mate." You know, and it, it was true. Like you didn't, the organisers didn't know who you were playing. The the fixtures weren't out. You know, didn't know who sometimes you were playing on a the, the following Saturday after your game on a Saturday. It was just so bizarre. Clubs couldn't prepare properly, and just it just makes it so much easier for clubs to prepare um, for the whole season ahead. Whether it be for coaches, hospitality, uh, sponsorship, it, it just makes it so much better. And, and I think the shift. From you know um, playing staff right through to you know boardroom level uh, and organisation level now is so much more positive and, and there's made a lot of noise you know made a lot of noise the whole uh, the whole organisation which is good for Scottish football and, and long may it continue you know in a positive frame um, because I think for far too long the junior game was 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 too just too negative it was all about oh it was too physical there was no technical ability to it, there was nothing to it. Um which that was the complete opposite. You know, you Auckland Lake proved that when they played against Air United and um and were successful with that. So yeah, I think the whole organisation is is in a much better place. Hopefully it can continue and and, and like we were talking about earlier on, we get that green light to go um and start competing uh on, on match day regularly and, and get the fans back involved as well. And that must make recruitment so much easier as well and more attractive for players perhaps falling out of the senior game. And I look at the Lowland League, for example, and 
some of their really high profile signings mm-hmm. that you might have made this week, like mm-hmm. Dan Lee Smith, Chris Erskine. Yeah. Guys that have had successful careers in the Scottish League, maybe dropping down a couple of levels, but that is automatically going to really improve the quality of the Lowland League and the competitive nature of it. It was obviously very competitive last season as well with the like the Kelty really impressing and they've got a, a real figurehead in Barry Ferguson that is only going to bring eyes to the product. So Yeah. Well that, that's 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 the thing, like you're saying there about these guys coming down to play a low league. If you kinda of strip it back a wee bit, think about the club's recruitment, the the, the, the chairman's recruitment. You know, Kelty bringing Barry Ferguson, um East Cobray bringing in uh, Stevie Aitken, you know, to, you know, Barry Ferguson, his, his level of, you know, calibers is pff, kind of getting higher really for him in, in the regard he's held in Scotland. Steve Aitken as well, very highly regarded in the Scottish game. BSC as well, Stephen Swift, again, ex-senior, you know, highly regarded at that level, doing very well, again, signing some established players. Bonnie Rigg, Robbie Horn, again, you know, very experienced senior professional, able to attract, um, you know, some high-caliber players from the east of Scotland as well. But it's all about the recruitment from the, the, the boardroom level to bring in somebody who has those ideas to drive the club forward. You would never get, you know, with due respect to some of the managers, but you would never get those signings had it not been Barry Ferguson or Stevie Aitken or um, Robbie Horn or Stephen Swift. They would never be able to be in a position to bring those players in because of the one, they are um, their driving ambition to, to, to achieve success their contacts, their experience, their background, they're key. And I guarantee you that they might, obviously they might, they'll have good budgets because the club want to achieve success. They want to get in that league. And, and you know, again, based on conversations and you kind of read between lines, but you see that, you know, way Kelty and that are, are, are going about their business, you know, this, the whole pyramid, it will freshen things up completely um, right throughout the, uh, the, the levels, which is, again for Scottish football is excellent, um, but I think if you just from that perspective, you've got to look at the boardroom. Which is you've got to give them credit for, you know, for getting these guys in, um, because to attract guys like that, your football club only breeds positivity, like you're saying, and um, to 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 continue the kind of the movement they want to create um, to try and get into the um, the top level is excellent. And even you talk about, um, but we're just kind of talking about East and, and West, you talk about the Highland League as well. You know, some of the, the players that these guys are, are bringing, like Cove Rangers, you know, for successful, they've come up. Um, then you've got Brora, again, who have been successful, with some excellent, you know, Highland League players um, from the senior, they've dropped down from the senior. So, um, it's, as it's the game's completely changing. It's just a shame that again, it's been highlighted publicly. It's not my opinion. It's just you know I'm going on facts that the organisations themselves are are letting us down, are letting the, the groups down, uh, the leagues down, the clubs down, um, by just some crazy, crazy decisions in my opinion. Um, but listen, the good will out. I was saying, and these things will will move forward and develop, and you know. For a brighter future, hopefully. I want to touch on something you just said there about the recruitment and 
important to the manager in that recruitment process. Mm-hmm. Now you've made a for, for Cumbernauld, what you could regard as a, a bit of a marquee signing in Cole McMenamin, mean, a very established player. He's come in as a as a player coach. You've obviously enjoyed a, a successful playing career, a good time at Clyde Bank as well. How much do you have to, to sell yourself to players and can affect them to come and work with you and be part of your, your project and your your vision going forward? Well, it's for me. It's not about what I do. I don't. I don't sell me. Um, my passion for football will just ooze out of me for what I want to achieve, um, the way I want to go about my business. But it's more about what I want for the club. Um, you know, the chairman himself is very, very passionate. He's met the boys that we speak to, and the, the, way, the way he sells the club is phenomenal. Um, because it's him; he just invests in everything he's got. He's all, so much time he invests, his own money into the club. But I don't. I try not invest. I don't. I don't try and sell me as a person or or my background or anything like that. It's about what I want to achieve. Um, what I want for the football club, you know, what I want to try and uh, change, I want to try and change the culture, I want to change, change it to a you know, more professional environment, um, just create the, a professional um, environment where players will come in, and it's almost like they're playing, they're, they're playing senior football, um, and that's what I want to try, and that's what I sell, is, you know, there's, there's, there's no, you know, I don't like using the cliche, but it's, no, it's not rocket science, I don't try and, Complicate it. I don't try and fill them with, with, with nonsense. Um, I just tell them honestly, this is how I go about it. If you want to come and play football and enjoy it, then that, this is a place for you. If you want to go and earn loads of money, then no thanks for your time. That's the, the, the bottom line. We don't have the budget of some of the other guys, um, but that's just football. Every, every club's at every level is all in the same position. But if these guys see what I want to do as a, as a manager, um, and what the club's vision is, and, and you know, by moving forward, then you know, you know, they'll come enjoy their football and, and, and develop. Then that's us. If it, it's all about money, um, individual success, then the, the wrong door. And I'll tell them that. I'll just be on. I'm all I'm always one of them. Um, at the end of the day, if they go home, change their mind and go, do you know what? Listen, I like what you want to do. I like you know, your ideas, and you know, maybe maybe I can take a wee hit for a season. You know. Let's come enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, see these guys come down for the senior football and they've still got ambition and aspirations to, to, to play at a high level. It's just for whatever reason, they've they felt a love of the game or they've just been released with a bad injury. Whatever reason, everyone's got a different uh, reason as to why they they want to leave senior football. Sometimes maybe they're travelling. But if these guys got any aspirations to go back, then I'll open doors. You know, at the end of the day, we, we've got enough experience in our uh, board uh, backroom that we can say, well, you're ready to go senior. Um, if we think you're good enough, we'll open doors for you. So again, it's another platform for them to go do well. Or again, any football, you're always in the short window. It can come do well for us and a, and a bigger, a bigger, I don't say junior anymore, a bigger club. Um, might say, do you know what? You performed excellent for Cumbernauld. We'd love to sign you, and you get your extra money, you know, because you've done, you've been successful. So I, I, that's what I do. I want to try and um, judge a sale, my vision in the sense of you know what the club want to try and achieve, and if the guys buy into that about being you know 
a collectively successful group um, by enjoying their football, working hard, and that's the place. But if they want individual uh, success and chasing money, then um, that's not for us. As I say, that's why I like to do things face to face because I can see it in their eyes. You know, what boys that want money, they will look at you. They're all shifty and as they're over the phone, they'll quite happily say, oh, I want X, Y, and Z. Um, because you've got no, there's no defence, there's the phone behind you to defend them, you know. So, yeah, I, 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 I thought, fortunately, something like Colin, I've known Colin was at Falkirk. Colin came and loaned to Falkirk when I was there. Um, a lot of time for him. Again, his experience is phenomenal. Um, and that will definitely rub onto, off onto our guys and already... You can see that when you know, in the conversations in the WhatsApp chat. So it's um, uh, it's good. I say I, I'm not I'm not one for trying to sell myself. It's not my it's not my makeup. I just try and sell, you know, what, what I want to achieve. Um, but you know, when I speak to players, they'll, they'll see the passion, how passionate I'm about football, and how passionate I'm about managing and, and and trying to be successful. And if these guys want to be part of that, then you know, come on board. But if they want to go and earn, you know. A good, uh, a good packet for the weekend, then, uh, and quite happily maybe going about success themselves. But unfortunately, it's the money side of things won't be um, what we would offer. It's more about coming and joining our football and, and developing as players. And from talking to you before we started, and then obviously in the past, it's absolutely clear that. Football is, is a way of life for yourself. How difficult is it then to balance family life? You've joined the fire brigade last September. You've got many kind of all-consuming tasks to do and, and mix them all together and and get the best out of yourself. It must be a real challenge in terms of time management. And do you learn to put into context results as well in terms of not letting us? a bad result spoil a weekend or getting too carried away after a good result? Well, the, the, that was the reason obviously that the, the clay bank this isn't that particular time. Um, there was a lot going on. My, my wife had given birth to um, our second daughter. I'd just joined the fire service. Um, it was just going to be a lot to, to commit to both and it wouldn't have been fair because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all in. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Um, I'm lucky in that sense that from both aspects, from the weekends, my wife would, that was her kind of day as well, but it's different now because obviously the young family and she is, you know, thankfully understanding that sense. But what would, would do me ensure is that the days I'm not involved with football is, you know, solely for the family. And um, thankfully the fire service allows that, you know, time we get to ourselves is quite, you know, substantial. So my days off, I'll generally spend with the girls and um and doing what I need to do. The bit time will, will something else will, will arise, but it's it's the job I've got is is allows that to um to be put in place. Thankfully, um as I say, the whole pandemic thing is is kind of made it kind of um false at the moment, just because obviously the, the, there's no been any football. Uh, but it is, but for the mental side of things, uh, you're constantly thinking. You're constantly thinking. Um, 
you know, anything, anything to do with football, you're constantly thinking players, games, tactics, ideas, um, just always thinking. So it's, it's full on. That's when you get the the kind of um, the bizarre look from, from the wife. <laughs> you're on that bloody phone again. That's <laughs> so, um, but it's uh, you just got to you know take it off for the smooth and 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 just try and be as, as honest and open as you can and and give as much as you as you take really. So, but I think the job, the time off I get, the job allows me to to have that uh, kind of time with the girls and when I'm not at work, which is which works out okay. And of course, you're not the only one with with commitments as well. Your players and your fellow coaches as well will been similar situations for yourself in terms of having to earn a living and maintain family life and such like. Are you kind of go-to guy in terms of that? Is it an open-door policy? Uh, yeah, so I always say to them that, you know, again, I've always said to myself, I'd love to be the type of manager, I want to be the type of manager that I would like to play for. Honest, transparent um, if there's any any issues I can go and speak to them um, but you get players that aren't comfortable talking to the manager they'd rather talk to the assistant or a coach uh, sometimes you know the, the chairman we'd grace at uh, at Clyde Banks he would be out and the boys would talk to her all the time she was very honest with them um, you know she'd you know would always hold things in, in confidence um, would never you know, we'd, we'd never come to me after I speak to them. Um, but if there were situations that she'd you know, say to them, listen, I need to say to the gaffer, then, then they would understand that. Same with, uh, with George just now as well. Uh, George Watson, again, get a good relationship with the players, doesn't get, you know, they don't, don't, don't want these guys trying to take over the club or the football team. They're there to support the, the manager, they're there to support the players, whatever they need, you know, particularly if, if there's any questions about the wages that, they're always there to answer them and help them out. Um, but I don't want to be like a, like the father figure or um, like a teacher that, you know, they have to kind of ask me permission to come and speak to me or whatever. It's a very, I try and kind of have a very relaxed environment where I'm, I'm always, I'm always trying to speak to me and I'm always communicating with the guys, whether they're on the training pitch um, or on the phone or the WhatsApp chat, just keep them up to date, you know, keep them um, engaged in what we're trying to do um, but I, I always say to them understand you know this is why again this is how I view it that when players are, aren't performing there's always reasons behind it they, you know is it their family life is it their work is there a problem at home and again it's trying to identify um, where the issues lie and these guys are working remember you know working at 7 o'clock in the morning till you know seven o'clock at night or half six at night come straight to training they've been knackered doing a labouring shift and then you're you know just sometimes you just sometimes you're not up for it sometimes you, you can't be you can't be bothered and you've just got to respect that and i tell that to them i say if they can't be bothered if they're knackered just tell me just say to me just I'm having a shocker day i was up all night with the kids um you know blah 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 whatever it may be just be honest with me i don't mind i just i wouldn't i just don't like players that would would be dishonest and say oh no i'm fine or you know, I've been on the baby all weekend and turn up on a Tuesday and they're training like a bag of shite and you're saying, well, what's up with you? Oh, no, I'm fine. Just say to me, 
I was in all day on a Sunday and I was in Saturday night. That's no bother. We've all done it. Just, just be honest, you know, because we're going to have, everyone's going to have problems. Everyone's going to have great days, great weeks, and bad days and bad weeks. So let's just do it together and we'll learn and we'll work and we'll move forward and don't hold any grudges or anything like that. So it's just try to be as honest as I can with them. And if they, if they see fit to come and have a chat, then brilliant. If they don't, they want to talk to Colin or Alan, my, one of the coaches or the goalkeeper coach Ian, uh, or the chairman, then then do that. As long as we can resolve the problem uh, and get them back playing and enjoying their football and doing what they love best and, and going playing football on a Saturday and with a smile on their face. So I don't, it's, the open door policies, some, you get those that I come and speak to me any time and you go in and speak to the manager and they, you come out, you know, the gaffer's best pal. Um, but as, I, would, not, I don't be their best pal all the time, but I don't have any kind of um, animosity or any uh, any tension between me and the players at any given time. So they do have, they're quite relaxed to come and speak to me. So and they can talk about anything really. So that's the way I see it. I see it's, is it a hypothetical scenario and you hope it works that way? Um, yes, but it's, you know, something I want to try and put into practice and, and hopefully it, it has worked before. So hopefully it can continue to work. Hey, how does the offer of free beer sound to you? Yes, free beer. Thanks to our friends at Beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to Beer52.com forward slash MFC, pay the postage, and what's more, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's a total of ten free beers. Beer52.com forward slash MFC. And in terms of kind of ongoing global pandemic and the difficulties to actually getting your group together to train it's not happened yet uh, although the Sun newspaper did their best to try and make out as a whole amateur junior sides were, were in, in regular training in a, an article last week but we'll disregard that completely as it's deserved um, there must be an onus on the players to keep themselves picking over and keep the, the fitness levels up because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to have a a limited time to, to get the players ready for hopefully October time for the, the season starting. So it's, uh, the, the, it might not be professional football, but that professional pride still has to exist. Yeah, the good thing is, that, again, in that sense, the games the games changed, and um, we've got we got a very good bunch of boys in the sense that they, they look after themselves. Um, I I think about maybe six weeks ago, I put in the chat. Uh, just saying, look, just try and keep yourselves ticking over. There's most of them where, excuse me, I gave them just two runs, to, two, a 5k to do and um, four fours, uh, you know, two runs a week. And that was it. Just getting, that was minimum. If they want to do it, I say it's not obligatory. It's it's what I'd like them to do. If they don't want to do it, then it's up to them. You know, it just means that when they come back and they start the, the season, the pre-season, whatever it's going to be, um, then they're going to be way behind everybody else. <clears throat> so they'll ultimately just, you know, jeopardise their position in the team or at the club because they're not applying themselves properly. Um, but some of our guys stay near each other and they've, you know, been doing down the local park, going runs themselves at the park, um, which again has been great. And they, they, they do it on that Strava, so they're able to monitor um them keeping them running, so it's been good that in that sense that it's just it's more like the guys want to get the ball out, kick the ball about, you know, and that's that's the the 
the hardest part is once the ball's out, that's you know, the ones that start getting scared of what's the wee white guy's going to do to you because you've just been running so much. Um, but most guys now, most modern day footballers try and keep themselves fit. Um, if not to be fit, but again, as, as we kind of alluded to off, off air, the more of a, kind of a vanity sense that they look good. You know, they're looking, they're running, they're keeping themselves trim, um, as well as, as keeping fit. So it's, it kind of go hand in hand. And the game's changed now. You know, it's, it's a lot faster and it's all about fitness and, um, so kind of boy, boys need to keep up and up to speed with that. So, um, I say I'm lucky I've got a good bunch of boys that keep themselves ticking over and, and they'll continue to do that. So, um, just got to make sure that we're, once we get back in to start the season, we're ready to go. I don't want to give too much credence to, to that newspaper story and the fact that I was actually not planning on mentioning it. But at a time where junior football, there's a lot of positives going on. And as I've, I've talked about, the, the pyramid system is just looking a lot more solid and the pathway into the SPFL is, is certainly there. Was it a bit of a kick in the teeth to read that and kind of see the game being portrayed in a negative light when there is? period of positivity mm-hmm. well again you, you don't want to speak of another club or, or I would never speak ill of another club either and I would never speak ill of another manager um, but that particular um, newspaper is not a very positive newspaper I just think anything really comes out of them is, is, is isn't very uh, Positive, um, but listen. Again, it's, it's very difficult to kind of pass comment on it because um, of the current situation. It's, it's the, the chairman's come out made a statement, and you know we move on. You know it's, it's one of those. It's uh, today's news and tomorrow's chip happens. So um, yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of not one I can one I can comment on or too much information. I didn't. I, I seen it on Twitter, but I didn't look at it too much. Um, because again, I, I just seen the, the source of it, um, but it's uh, yeah, I think it's you're trying to promote the football um, at every level, and you then get a couple of knocks, then it's it's difficult to try and you know move things forward when you continue to do that. Yeah, and I, th- I think that that's all that really needs to be said, and that as a complete and utter rag, it must be said. So. Mm-hmm. It was a, a negative story, and there is obviously wrongs to it. But yeah, I, I think, and I very much hope that the games get a bit more coverage in the sports pages going forward, and it certainly deserves that, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about your time at Clyde Bank, and you joined the club in January 2017. Yep. After Budgie McGee had left, 13 years in charge through. The kind of rebuilding of Clyde Bank, big shoes to fill for your first managerial job. Huge, huge. It was like when I when I first joined, I felt like a stepdad, you know, because everyone's like looking at me and going, "You're not my real dad," you know, because Budgie's been there for so long and been there since the, the, kind of the restart of them getting back into the game. And like you're saying that that that, that what he did achieved um, football club as a player and as a manager. Um, was was massive, so it was it was massive for me. But it was again, kind of, as I spoke on earlier on, it was going in a different direction. Um, you know, when I spoke to him, they, they seen 
what I want to bring to the football club and what I want to achieve, um, the ideas I had. Again, it's a completely change of, of direction that they'd been in before and they obviously seen that was and what they wanted to do and, and it was a positive um, outlook on uh, taking things. And again, as I said, to try to change the culture um, from kind of the junior mentality to um, a professional mentality right throughout the football club. And I think, you know, I managed to achieve that and, you know, and Moff's going to be the same, again, the same drive, same mentality. Um, but again, different ideas and different ethos and different strategies. But I think the fundamentals are still the same regarding that he wants to do that and the club's seen that as well. So they were always liked his ideas and what he wanted to do and hence why he's been put in that position. But I was very lucky um, to to get my first job at a club of, of Clydebank stature and, and uh, you know, again, I'll it, it, you know, eternally grateful for that opportunity. And um, again, I, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. I've been very lucky in that sense. I've had two opportunities to manage at two very good football clubs. And life at Clydebank didn't start ideally. You had a couple of difficult <laughs> results and a difficult run. Yep. You talk about well, and then a, a replacing a manager that had been there for 13 years. Do the doubts creep in? Do you, do you start to worry that this has come too soon for you or or you can't replace a manager that had been so popular and had enjoyed such longevity at the football club? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I was, that's an understatement saying it with a few uh, dodgy results to start with. Um, I was just trying to find the right, um, the right balance, the right formula. We took over and there was a lot of players in the squad. Um, and, you know, there was, again, it's just the direction we wanted to go in that these, some of the guys didn't fit into into that mould. So we had to make, obviously, some decisions and changing um, some personnel, uh, try to find, again, the right former on the pitch, you know, using the right personnel in the right areas. Um, and it did took a, it took a while, but it was probably a bit of some naivety on, on my behalf in regard of how I want to go about my business, you know, the strategy I had. Um, and it was when well, my assistant at the time, Mark McCulloch, was like, listen, I think it's just, um, we just got to try and keep it as, as basic as possible. Um, don't overcomplicate it. And, you know, just to be more effective. Um, we played Mary Hill uh, and they beat us 3-0. Um, and after that game, it was just a case of right. Let's just let's be positive we can here. You know we couldn't. Um, that was the game we lost after lost a goal after three seconds straight from kickoff. Um, so we knew we had to kind of regroup on the Monday um, and just had a chat with the boys and say like, look, let's just go for it. Change the kind of um, the style of play um, to how we want to go. And we won, won six out of six and managed to get. Um, Get ourselves in the second position to get promotion, uh, like in, in Govan won the league. But it was um, no, no, I'd never doubted myself because we knew it's going to take time to change. You know, we're not going to go in. You no, know, no team ever gets that turnaround um, where they're going to get uh, the exact, you know, the same results or better results right away. You might get a, a kind of wee spike, but um, the, the thing that lucky for me, I've got a, a kind of full pre-season to to change things just now and, and mould the players into a bit slightly different strategy and, and ethos but um, overall I, I, I stuck to my beliefs I knew that you know continue to 
do what we try and do and develop and progress uh, and educate on the training pitch. But the biggest thing is that at our levels, trying to let the boys enjoy themselves, um, enjoy playing football, and, and then again, try and work hard as we can to earn the right and earn your luck. And we did that for six games and, and we got ourselves promotion. But no, I never ever. I never doubted. I've just you just kind of reevaluate things and just try and look at how you how you how you did things. And as a player, I was very very critical of a lot of things I did. Um, and as a as a manager, I'm the exact same. But you notice I'm, I'm not as harsh myself as I used to be as a player. Um, I'm more kind of laid back, uh, bizarrely. So. Um, no, I've just got to, got to stick to beliefs and think you change ideas but through experience. So um, we'll see what the next season brings with my, uh, my, more, my, my two years, two and a half years experience. I really want to ask more about the, the goal after three seconds, to be honest. That's, uh, you could possibly achieve a Champions League win with Cumbernauld and still not have something as ridiculous as losing a goal after three seconds that's quite impressive <laughs> do you know what it was um, it was a boy I knew boy Gavin Stokes and uh, I'd said to the boys before the game listen good player technically very good um, on his day la di da um, if he doesn't if he can't be bothered then you know we'll run over the top of him I thought we'd you know in midfield and we'd more in the midfield, we put more on paper with more right, so that was fine. So they came out, boys are buzzing, good warm up. And I remember they got to take the the the, the, the centre, and I just turned around and put my bottle on the wall, bottle of water, and the ball's hit the back of net. Now the strike that the goalie is six foot two, he's in a good position, just over six yard, but there was nothing nothing wrong. And this thing just went straight in the top bin. And I started laughing. <laughs> I was like, can we just start again, Ref? Um, and they're obviously going bananas. They're, 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 they're like John Hughes and that. They're going absolutely mental, which is quite rightly so. Um, but I, it, was, it was one of the quickest goals in, in world football. Because it was actually, obviously, that was the first season. I think they, they changed the, the kickoffs to, didn't have to you know, touch it back. You could just yeah. go straight forward. Um and uh, aye, so it was bizarre. But again, just I couldn't win. We'd lost, I think we lost about five games out of ten or eleven. We'd lost quite a few, and, um, but it was about getting and staying positive and and trying to get their, their mindset changed to working hard and appreciating what they can do and showing their ability and as individuals and a collective. Um, and thankfully, it, it worked. But it's. Um, no, I've never, I've, I've never doubt my my ability as a manager. Um, I've got ideas that I want to achieve, and and hopefully, um, with the with the staff I've got, I've got a good blend, and and the players I've got an ex- exceptional bunch of players um, that we can hopefully try to achieve the success I want to achieve, and and you know personally and um, collectively, hopefully we can we can do that. And it was mentioned that you achieved promotion. You also won the sectional league cup as well. How important is it to enjoy your successes, given that it is such a intense job? It must be a real release when when things do come together and you 
captured silverware or a retriever a goal like promotion? Uh, do you know what it was? Um, again, it's, it's I don't. It's not for me to take. I, I don't want to take. You know the the the, the applaud the plaudits for it or because in the day it's I can only give these guys instructions and if they don't want to to, to adhere to them or do them then then there's no point in me speaking. You know I, I I can just say jump this high and they'll go nah. So it's really it's down to them. In the day if the boys don't want to turn up, the boys don't want to play, don't want to do what they want to do, then you're 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 goosed. So it doesn't matter how much effort you put in or how much time you invest into the team. It's down to the players. It's always down to the players. Don't, don't be wrong. It's you, you managers there to make decisions and big decisions. That's kind of what they do. But if the players understand the roles, um, then th- then that's fine. Um, the, the sectional cup. I mean, the boys were phenomenal. We, we, we played Pollock, and I just wanted to. We got them all. Um, like jumpers uh, and a club tie. So I just asked them to get a, I want to wear a white shirt, black trousers and black shoes. So we all turned up in shirt and tie for the cup final. Um, and just to make them feel, you know, like proper professionals. We're, we're in a cup final, you know, Clyde Bank. We've only been at the club for, uh, I think it's what, seven months, eight months. Um, and again, just to kind of create that professional environment. Boys all turned up, shirt and tie, V-neck jumpers, looking looking apart, um, and you know again just kind of check change that mindset. And then Pollock turned up with tracksuits, um, possibly thought they'd won the, you know, it was already won before the game started, um, but you know thankfully the boys worked hard and, and they earned the right to to win the to win the game, which was you know for me and Marco uh, was excellent, and for the club again it was excellent. So I so it was good, it was good, and then. The promotion again is the same mentality. Just keep them, keep them enjoying themselves, and keep working hard and believing in, in their own abilities. Clyde Bank, I know you, you stress that you don't like discussing other clubs, but they, they do seem to be very much on upward curve. The, the promotion of the football club it is really good. The, the social media work is is up there with some Scottish Premiership teams. Really, uh, they really have brought eyes onto the the side, and it just. It's, it's nice to see after such awful time for the for side bank to see them working towards getting back to the semblance of something that was there beforehand. Yeah, do you know what the the, the social media guy David Brockett? What a guy! His ideas, uh, his creativity um, is exceptional. What he does with the boys and gets a big kind of the, the the green background and does the whole Sky Sports thing and. Um, at pre-season he, he was, he, he's, he's brilliant he is. he's very very creative and the boys absolutely adore him um, you know, they've got a lot of time for him because he, he, he doesn't do anything like he's going to uh, embarrass the boys or that you know he does things that the boys are all buy into which is brilliant the club buy into it um, his exposure on social media again for the football club is exceptional Um and you know, and, and again, as can we spoke of, or spoke about off air, that the social media side of things is, is key now. You know, footballers want to be seen as you know unique and 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 special. They just want to be seen on social media now, as opposed to you know on a football pitch. And 
if you can get as much exposure, even as football club, so much, so many football clubs now, their social media is uh, is, is massive for the football club to get that exposure and, and get it out there because everyone's online now, constantly, you know, handheld devices, just um, you know, always at at at, at ready and and constantly being seen. So and it's good, but the club themselves, the back the boards, you know, the committee are brilliant. Um, Again, they run by a trust, so it's um, it's for the fans. So it's you know, the club are owned and run by the fans, pretty much. So it's um, they, they do it right. They do it and they want to protect themselves about you know because of what happened in the past. So no, again, I was very lucky to get the opportunity to do that. Um, and you know, and, and I'm sure Gordon is as well. He's you know taking the club again. He's an ex banky so it'll mean you know a lot to him and uh, to do that that job as well. So. Um, I so social media are a massive thing for them, uh, and hopefully, I think we look, we're looking at something like that as well for this year to to try and increase our exposure. Yeah, that's that. I, I suppose you don't even need to be a, a supporter of that particular club, but it, it's just actually almost re-familiarising yourself with it, and there'll be younger people that are perhaps looking into the history of Clyde Bang. I, I don't know, it's kind of just getting that extra bit of attention and. Mm-hmm. People building up knowledge of that level of football just makes such a difference. It's, uh, it's really nice to see. And as I say, it rivals most professional clubs in terms mm-hmm. of output as well. It's really, really impressive. Hopefully, yeah. it's rewarded by extra punters going along and checking it out because that's ultimately the end goal, I would imagine. Yeah. Good thing for David. He's, he's doing that at. Um, that's his degree, I think he's doing kind of social media or um, media background and his degree. It's part of, it, it, I think he is keen on it, but I'm sure he's doing something along those lines as well as part of his, his degree. So it ties in really nicely for what he's trying to do. Um, he got invited down to, um, down to Sky Sports as well because of what he was doing. Um, he spent a week down at Sky Sports, which was class. Um, for them, so someone get an opportunity for for basically uh, giving up their, their own time. To try exactly, and, and he's getting recognised for what he's doing. So, um, now hopefully we can. I've said to our chairman as well. It's um, you get somebody to. We've got a company that does it uh, just now, but you know, it's just trying to get as much you know, exposure as you can to to boost the profile of the football club. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we finish up, you're obviously now back into. The management, you've enjoyed success in your first job. Where do you see your, your ambitions and your goals in terms of your, your managerial career? Um, well, short term, it's just for next season, is, uh, it's going to be a tough league. You know, obviously taking a step up from the championship into the, the top league now. Uh, it's consolidating again to make sure that we're in there for the following season. We have seven relegated next year, so we need to make sure we're we're out of reach of that, um, so we can compete for the, the following season. Uh, long term, you know, personally, my biggest driver is is development of, of players, you know, to improve them and educate them. And if I can do that and see improvement, then I feel successful for for what I've done. Um, from the kind of playing side of things, again, we all want to to achieve success and get silverware as best we can, but you know. We know it's tough. 
it's been done. You know, um, you know, we've we've done it before. I've, I've been able to see um, that success in, in say in the sectional cup. I don't know what cups are available to us next year. I think the south of Scotland is one and the league. So maybe we did see the following season. But it's um, again, you know, I'm driven by success. I think if I can get a bit of success in that sense, then I'll be happy. Long term, you know, ideally you'd love to be, you know, managing a you know, full time at a senior football club. But that entails doing your coaching badges and um I've only got my BE licence just now and I will look towards you know doing my A um, and my pro but I want to get my let to see the kids grow up first, spend some time with the kids, get them to a certain age because it's again we talk about investment of time. You know, I do that, I'll never see them, you know, so um, and uh, and Mrs. Mack won't be happy at all. So I'll need to make sure I find that right balance um, of you know work and uh, football. But that's that's the long term goal. I'd love to be you know managing at a full time or coaching at the full time top level. Um, but just you've got to be you've got to walk before you can run. So I just need to make sure that I enjoy doing what I'm doing. The boys enjoy working hard for me, and because in the day it's, it's them that make it easier for me. Um, you know, because if they don't do what I ask them to do, then I just look like I just look like an asshole. So, um, hopefully the boys do what we ask them to do, and we can go enjoy it and bring a bit of success, success to, to the football club. And we've just over a fortnight to go until top league in Scotland starts back. That'll do nothing but wet the appetite for that day that you can get onto the training field, and then. Obviously, back to that first game, it will be there'll be some feeling. I wasn't. I was texting, even trying to organise like friendlies just now. Um, just even to kind of pencil them in. We're talking maybe start August training, but it's all hypothetical just now. But even just saying like talk about um, maybe organising friendlies, like right, okay, uh, what about that? And then you start to visualise the game itself, and you just I'm just buzzing for it, buzzing to get the boys back, just for a kick of the ball. Um, get the boys in training, get a bit of banter, as I say to you, get in and get let the boys, you know, just rip the piss at each other, and that's what you miss the banter, the banter more than that's what I miss as a player, miss the changing room, um, because it's I think the changing for me is the most important thing. Make sure the boys all enjoy football and but they enjoy each other's company and uh, and have a good laugh at doing it, but working hard while they're doing it. That's all I say to them. Just work hard, do everything you can to enjoy it. Um, but I think once it's the once Miss Sturgeon gives us the, the go ahead, the boys will be buzzing for it. Yeah, I'd like to finish by just wishing you all the best for the forthcoming season, whenever that does begin. I'm sure that everyone that listens to this will agree that your enthusiasm for the game is, is absolutely infectious, and I'm sure you're going to have a great success. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much.